So today's daf is daf Ayin Aleph, page 71 in the Heligim Masechas Nedorim, and we pick up on the very top of daf Ayin Aleph, Amar Aleph, with the Masnison, with the Mishnah. And let's just remember what's the main halacha that we're coming off of over the past few blot, that if you have an Arusa, a Nara Hamurasa, both the husband and the father have rights to nullify your vow, and they need to do it together. What happens if the husband dies? The father now has total control over her vows. What happens if the father dies? The husband does not attain complete control over her vows. Okay, now we're going to get into some variations of cases where that halacha will make an afkamina. So here we go. Nedara vehi arusa. If she made a neder while she is an arusa, and then, you know what happens? Niskarsha bayim. She makes a vow Sunday morning. And then she gets divorced Sunday at 10 a.m. Nisarsa bayim. And then she has Arisin at 10.30. She marries again. Um, uh, even to a hundred different guys. The same guy or a hundred different guys. So in one day, yeah, are you kidding me? It's a caterer's dream. <laughs> a caterer's dream. Especially if they cater the divorce banquet too. Yeah? Okay. So she makes a vow while she's in Arusa, gets divorced, gets married, gets divorced, gets married, gets divorced, gets married. Listen to this. As long as you're within the 24-hour period of her original vow, the father, and now, ready, the last husband, who she's currently married to, has a right to nullify her vow, which the Chiddush over here is telling me that even though she made the vow prior to her marriage to him, he could nullify it. Now, now that's a Chiddush. We already knew this Chiddush. We learned this earlier. That a husband has a right to nullify vows that were made prior to the Arison. Okay? So here you have the last husband standing is going to nullify the vows with the father. Zeaklau, here is the rule. Any woman who has not entered her own domain completely for even a Shah Achas, for even a moment, which means she's not a Bagaris, she never had Nesuin, she never got her full rights to control her own vows, she never attained her own Bailas over her vows, because she never had a Nesuin, nor did she enter a stage of Bagrus. Hence, the husband and father are going to retain their control over her, over her Nidar. Now, I want to bring out one added chiddush here. You know, we've said, okay, it's going to end up being that you're going to have a husband who she didn't make a vow while married to him who's going to have the rights to nullify her vows. Notice the biggest chiddush here is, what did we learn yesterday? If you have an arusa, nara murasa, who may, who's made for her nadarim? Husband and father. What did we learn if the husband dies? The father has 100% control. You see from over here, the Chiddush here is, if she then remarries, even up to 100 times, 
the father loses his 100% control because he now re-needs the husband to be involved in the neder removal. Okay, so notice that chiddush that the Mishnah is uh, adding in over here as well, that the father's losing his 100% control when another Arusa is now stepping in. All right? The Mishnah is letting us know, it doesn't make a difference how many times she got divorced, as long as she's still within the 24-hour period of vow removal. It doesn't make a difference how many husbands are here. The current husband that she has with her father both still have a right to remove it. Okay, so that's, we're just, this Afilumeya is letting me know, it doesn't make a difference how many husbands are in between. It's her current husband that's going to, that's going to uh, attain those rights along with the father. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to get it to the sources. Right? Let's get to the Makairis. Zok the Gemara, or Frek the Gemara, the Gemara asked, what's your source? That the last married man to her, the last Arus, could be made for her Nadarim, Shaniru the Arus Rishon, which were really fit for the first guy. The first husband had rights to nullify her vows. Who says those rights are now passed to the last husband? So Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Amar Kra, the Pusik says, If she's married to a man, which seems to imply she has Nadarim on her prior. When she got married, she already had her Nadarim on her. And in such a case, the husband has a right to remove it. So you see that in Arusa, in Arus, has a right to remove vows that his wife made prior to the Erisin, Nedarim Shayu Aleh Kvar, which is referring to vows that are there previously. Now, the Gemara is going to ask a beautiful question. Ready for this question? Let's preface it. Let's just speak the question out outside before we read it inside. This Pasuk proved that in Arus, a husband in the first stage of marriage is allowed to remove vows that his wife made prior. How do you know that? She had an Adarim on her prior. Okay? The Gemara is going to ask a very basic question. Very nice, the Pasuk tells me he could remove prior vows, but maybe our case of our Mishnah is different. Because in the case of our Mishnah, there was actually somebody else getting in the way, i.e., the very first husband already had the right to remove a vow. He was fit to remove a vow. When you already have one husband who's fit to remove a vow, how do you know the Pasuk's even going so far to include that case? That's going to be the Gemara's Kasha. Shkayich in Aros could remove vows from prior, but who says an Aros could remove vows that a previous Aros had rights to? That the Pasuk is not being specific with. Let's read this question inside. And Frek the Gemara, Doma perhaps, Hani Mili, where do I say that an Aros could remove prior vows? That is Shalai Niru, where it wasn't seen, meaning it wasn't fit, the Aros Rishan, for a prior husband to ever remove. Maybe when you have a vow that she made that was fit to a prior husband to remove, a later Aras cannot. So the Gemara answers, no, I know that, I know this case too. Both cases are included in the Pasuk of Unidareha Allah. You know why? Because Aleha Kra Yaseru. It could have just said Unidareha, and she has her vows. What does it mean that she has her vows on her? That word is extra. From that extra word, it's letting me know that even a vow, which was fit to be removed from a prior husband, can afterwards be removed by a later husband. 
Okay. That's how we're passing the halacha. Tanya covers the Shmuel, and we have a brisa that supports uh, Shmuel's, Shmuel's raya. Yeah, go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, this is very good. This is certainly has to be within the 24 hours. Yeah. It has to be done within 24 hours. But we, we wanted to know, how do you know that a later husband could remove vows that a prior husband had access to? Unadareha, prior vows. The point, the point, is, the point Sorry. is, as long as something is overhanging her, <coughs> she's, taking ba- she's bringing baggage with her. Right. As long as she's bringing in baggage... That the last guy, the last guy, he could still get rid of it. Right, right, very good. That's ultimately what the halach is. Any vow baggage that she's showing up with, any vow baggage she's showing up with, her current husband is allowed to remove, whether or not a prior husband already had access to that removal, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether a prior husband was able to remove it, any, her current husband could remove either one. Okay. Says the Gemara Tanik of we have a brisa that is that is um, in line with Shmuel's halacha. Now, what do you mean Shmuel's halacha? Shmuel was one at the beginning of our Gemara quoted the pasuk of the Mahayasiyal Ish. Okay, Untarehalah. That being the source. So Tanik of Asayi the Shmuel Nara Murasa Avia Ubala Mafirin Nidarel. We have a Nara Murasa. Her father and her husband Mafirin Nidareha is permitted to remove her vows. Kate said, how does this work? See, here we go. Shama her father hears the vow, and he says, oh, hafara, I'm, at, I'm, I'm removing my part of it. And guess what happened? The husband never even heard about it, and now he kicks the bucket. So really, she needs the husband and the father. The problem is the husband never knew, and now he drops dead. And then she has Arison that day. She marries somebody else that day. Va'afilu me'apamim. And even a hundred times this happens, like case of our Mishnah. The father and the last, most current husband could remove the nadarim. Shama bala v'heferla. Let's say the husband heard about the vow and then he removed it. So he's the one who removed it. However, the, the father didn't have a chance to remove the vow until the husband died. And now there's a new husband. Now, since the father, as we learned, has rights, he regains or he takes on the rights of the husband. So now what he does is, he already removed his half, go nullify it again and remove the other 50%. Omar Rav Nassin, Rav Nassin says, This is the halacha of Beishamai, okay, which is that if the original husband um, removes the vow and the father didn't know about it until the husband dies. So now the father can do the whole thing by himself. That's the opinion of Beishamai. However, Avol Beishilal, Aymrim Beishilal's holds, Ein Yachol Lehefer. He's strict on the father and he says, No, the father cannot r- remove both halves. Okay? Rather, according to Beishilal, you need Mamish that there's a father and a Aras doing it. You can't have a father doing it alone, says the Gemara. Why? Why? Why is Beishamai allowing the father to do it alone? Beishilal not. Bemai pligi. What's the source of the machlekasim Beishamai and Beishilal? Top of Ayan Aleph Amud Beis. So he explains like this. He says Beishamai savri. Beishamai holds nedarim nami. Sharoi laaros. By nedarim as well. Even by vows that an original husband was fit to remove. 
Nisraikna Rishus La'av. The father always, says Beishamai, the father always has the ability to regain, re- regain those rights that he lost at the time that she had heiress. Anytime a husband dies, the father goes back to having 100% ownership. Omega's Gaius. And therefore, what happens is like this. As soon as an Arus hears about it and nullifies his vows, he's gotten rid of 50%. So what does the father need to do? Whatever's left, go do it. You're not stuck by, oh, but where's the husband's removal? I don't need the husband's removal, says Beishamai, because anytime I don't have access to a husband's removal, it all goes back to, to her own man. It all goes back to her father. That's Beishamai's approach. However, Beishamai says, no, it's not the way it works. Avia ubala achrein mefirin ledarel. You always need that the father and a husband remove the vow. You need both. Okay? That even in the Pasuk that we learned, Unidareha Aleha, that is that is going to apply when the first Arus already removed the vow before he died. Okay? And ultimately, he says the way that it works when one of them removes the vow, he's, it's not like each one owns 50% of the vow. What happens is like this. We learned this earlier, about three, four days ago, that according to Basilo, when the husband and father remove the vow, it's not that each one has 50% ownership. It's that you need both to remove the vow. They both have their hands in the entire 100% of the vow. So let's say the father were to remove the vow without the husband. The vow is 100% in place. It's a little weaker because the father removed his part of the vow, but it's 100% in place until the husband removes it and now it's totally gone. And, the, and vice versa would be true as well. Ultimately, Bishamai says, it's a chetzi chetzi. So as long as you have half gone, all you need is the other half. Let the father, there's no problem. Basil though holds that each one has their hands in the full 100%, like an Ein Breira type of matziv, type of uh, uh, approach. And hence, even if uh, one of them um, removes his part of the nether, it's not enough. Because Basil says you need both the father and the husband to remove the vow. Okay. That is the lumdus behind the machlaikas, Beishamai and Basilal, how the parameters of husband slash father's removal works. Let's pause for a minute. Because we're about to get on to a new question and just take a step back. Make sure we have Clarkite in the, in the overarching and basic idea here. We've been learning. Anara Hamurasa needs both her husband and her father to remove the vow. That we pass in Allah Chalamais. We had a machlekes what the source for it was, but that's Allah Chalamais. Fine. Our Mishnah came in on Ayin Aleph, Amad Aleph, and our Mishnah taught us that if, let's say, her husband dies, the next Arus could still remove the vow. Okay. We wanted to know a source. Comes along Shmuel. And Shmuel says, the source is, You enter an Arison, your vows come along with you to the next Arison. You're back in, you're back in play with the husband and father needing to remove the vow. Fine. That's clear too. The last thing that we're explaining is 
Beishamai and Beisel argue as to the mechanics of it. Now that both the husband and father need to remove the vow, what are the mechanics? Is it that once one removes the vow, it's now 50% gone, but to make it totally gone, you need the other one? And if you're going to say that, which is Shitas Beishamai, as soon as one Aras removed it, the, all the father needs to do is the rest, and he's good. However, Beisil says, no, the mechanics of husband slash father removing vows is not a 50-50 ownership. It's a, they each have stock in 100% of the vow. If one removes the vow, they, all they've done is weaken the vow. They haven't removed 50% of it. Hence, the other one always needs, the father always needs the husband to be there in the vow removal. Period. End of that explanation. We're up to the two dots. Bez Hashem. We're going we're gonna to keep going here. We're gonna, it's going to be a shayla that takes us the next four lines to the end of the Amr. The answer is going to be on tomorrow's daf. So we're going to hold it after the shayla. Tomorrow we'll pick up from here again. Okay? Because this is the beginning of a new sugya. But let's learn the shayla so we have a head start. Frek the Gemara shayla. They asked the question searching for information. Ready for this? A woman makes a vow. She says to her husband, I am not touching meat again. Or she says, I am never uh, looking at you again. She takes a vow. A type of vow that a husband's allowed to remove. Now, you know what the husband does? He divorces her on the spot. Call the cipher. She makes a vow. He says, call the cipher. Bring the get. Get the get. Ask the Gemara Shaila. By divorcing her, is that saying, I'm agreeing to your vow and therefore I'm getting rid of you? Or not necessarily so? Interesting Shaila. He hears about the nether. He divorces his wife right away. Does the divorce by definition mean that he's allowing the vow to be in place? Because he did it kind of connected after hearing her of her vow. Now, says the Gemara, the Who cares? What's the what's the nafkamina here? What's the what's the impact? He's still divorced. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you the case. Shenodra. Let's say she makes a vow. Vishama baila v'gersha this is a case we have the same guy. He hears the vow, he divorces her, and he takes her back within 24 hours. So here we go. If divorcing her is like being quiet when hearing about the vow, so now, he can still remove the vow. He never did anything to get in the way of that vow. He, he's still within a 24-hour period of this woman's vow. So let him be made for it. However, if divorcing her is confirming the vow, well, as we learned earlier, any husband who confirms a vow in 24 hours, within 24 hours, you can't just go ahead and be made for it afterwards. You already established it. So he cannot, he can no longer remove the vow even though it's within a 24-hour period. That's going to be a practical difference. Beautiful. Okay, we'll hold the hair Besham tomorrow. We will chazer over the question and move on to some uh, possible answers. 
Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Not going to spoil what the answer is. But uh, it's, it's gonna, the Gemara is going to take us the Amur. It's going to be a fascinating uh, Amur Aleph. And uh, we will pick up from here. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.